Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up podcast. We have our first guest here, Jacob Sanchez. How you doing, everybody? So we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get the background of Jacob, where he came from, what his career path looks like. Uh, he's still young in his career, but he's had a very interesting adventure. And uh, let's uh, get into it. I like to call it a little bit of a wild ride. <laughs> uh, born and raised in California, and my career really got started when I was in high school. So Titans of CNC Academy is this thing that a lot of people at this show probably know about. It's huge right now for teaching the world about manufacturing, automation, just educating people. And when I was 15, it got started with me and my school, my friends and my teacher. And there was no website back then. They had 10 pieces of paper and they said, hey, this worked in San Quentin. It was a prison system that they tested it out in and was like, we want to see if it works for you. So three years later, when I was 18, that program was the number one in California for machine shops for teaching the next generation. And then Titan hired me out of high school. So from that to getting hired out of high school with a full-time job to make aerospace parts, medical parts on Haas machines, and we eventually moved on to DMG, Makino, stuff like that. Nice. To after all that, took another big step that I've never done before, and that was when we went into all marketing. I was telling Malachi that I actually had to take this leap into marketing. So my paycheck wasn't gonna come from CNC machining anymore. It was gonna be, hey, this company is gonna pay us X amount of money yeah. to make videos and show off these products. Uh, go do it. Right. <laughs> so it. It was nuts, man. It was so crazy. Yeah, that was like something that's super interesting, something that I didn't even know. Like, you know, so CN or a Titan had went from being a CNC machine shop, traditional machine shop, to going and now they're like, a marketing company, an education company, right? Uh, so like that's a huge, huge shift. It's a it's a big deal, and like they have blown up. They're like yeah. probably one of the biggest, especially in the CNC space, right? Their videos are getting like like millions and millions of impressions well, at this point. I remember when we were first starting, and it was huge for us on just Facebook when a video hit 3.2 million. I remember wow. my video and his son Tyson's. We had one of the first in our company like videos that hit the three to two, three to six million on Facebook. Wow. Nowadays, they're getting 1.1 on YouTube, which That's is wide. ridiculous for YouTube. Two totally different platforms, yeah. different metrics. Especially our industry too. Yeah. Wild. So Wild. that was that. And then um, once I left and now I'm an application engineer at Edgewater Automation in St. Joseph, Michigan, I miss creating. Like I miss educating people and showing people what our trade's really about. Because I don't know about you, but at your company, I hope you try to show people, hey, this isn't your granddad's manufacturing automation shop. Yeah. We don't wear overalls. We're not dirty. We don't cuss all the time. <laughs> we're not smoking cigarettes at the machine. Yeah. Like, it's different now. Completely changed. Completely changed. And so that's why I wanted to start creating more content. And that's why I started my little LinkedIn channel. Right. And that's kind of what brought us together and what keeps bringing me together with people across our industry. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that, that I really like about you is like, not only are you an engineer, but you also definitely have a passion for like the marketing, the creative side of things. It's been the biggest uh, feedback, I guess, that I've been getting from people that I make videos for or companies I've been working with is that they spent X amount of money on a marketing company right. to come and do this. And they yeah. said, my one to two minute video is nothing like what they got. And it's because those people may be able to know how to hold a camera, edit, whatever. Yeah. But our people, these people all around here, they know 
what they want. And when yeah. you can tell a story that shows them something that they can use, something they may need, that's how you get them. And you have to have that technological background to tell that story. It's hard to do it when you don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I do want to kind of shift gears a little mm -hmm. bit and I want to dig like deeper into your past. Like okay. where did you where did you really start to like find uh, like this type of industry? Evidently CNC was like kind of <laughs> one of your first things. But I want to know like how sure. young it started. And So um, <laughs> it was actually uh, never in my books. Um, the dad that I grew up with was a, a carpenter, contractor, built homes. Mom was in healthcare. Um, and then I just have this memory of my dad, uh, once they, once him and my mom divorced and stuff, and I, I remember him telling me this, because I always wanted to go to work with him. I was like, I want to build a house, I want to do this. And he's like, no, you don't, no, you don't. One day he sat me down, he's like, look, he's like, I don't want you to be like me. Right. And I was like, so crushed. And then <laughs> and he was like, I want you to use your brain, not your back. I don't want you to have to have yeah. these bones and do this type of up and down work. It's hard construction, it's hard. man. And I don't know, I've always remembered that. And so I never knew about this stuff. I was actually, I was actually a little, I won't curse. I was a jerky kid. I was a, <laughs> I was a bad kid at school. Um, I was that C student kid. Right. Um, but I actually had to move up to Rockland. So where the school was, Rockland High School. Okay. Because um, my mom's dropped, so left family and friends. And I only got put into the engineering class because they, there wasn't enough room in home ec. And they really? said, we have to put you in this engineering class. And so, dude, I was a jerk there too. <laughs> but I didn't, um, I didn't like going home sometimes. So I'd ask the teacher, hey, can I just stay in your room and clean your machines? I'll just sweep the floor. And so I would do that. And I eventually started asking him questions about, hey, like I know you were talking about this the other day, I wasn't paying attention, but what's this lathe do? What's this mill do? And he started teaching me stuff after school. And so I kept staying and staying. And eventually, I'll never forget this. I made uh, these rings on a manual lathe. And I had these lines 50 thou apart, meticulous, each line, seven in a row. And then I had a knurling ring that I would play with in class. And people started complimenting me on it. And people thought it was just so incredible that I was 15, 14, and I did this. And I don't know, something clicked in me when that happened. I was like, OK, like, this is cool. I was like, not a lot of people do this. I'm gonna get after it. And so all through high school, man, I, I stayed in that room. I would, I got better. I wasn't a jerk after like junior, senior year. <laughs> I, I matured a little bit, yeah. but before that I would be in a class and I'd say, hey, I finished this test. Um, I would ask for a bathroom pass, but I don't, I don't wanna lie to you. I'm gonna go to Dan Frank's room and go to manufacturing. And they were just like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's where it started, man. It was just this drive to, I don't know. I have this drive to show people because people, so people talk about me in the industry and I don't think of it as a narcissism thing or a brand or a bragging thing, but I have people come to me and say, Hey, I heard about you from this person. Right. Yeah. When I hear that, it, it's, there's something in me that makes me know that I have to be doing the absolute best that I can possibly do, be the best I can be because people are putting their name on me. Yeah. If I was like a little jerk and somebody was like, hey, if you ever meet Jacob Sanchez, go talk to him. He's an awesome guy. And I blew them off or something. Yeah. You know how bad it make the other person look? Yeah. So I don't know, man. Just That's kind of what drives me. That's kind of what made me want to stick with this industry because yeah. no, there wasn't a lot of young people in it. Um, that doesn't mean that I didn't get put down. Um, there was a lot There was a lot of times where I just have the nastiest comments from some of the older people. Oh, yeah. And, Oh, for sure. It, it wears on you, dude. I, especially in my industry, people like to think or say we're sensitive and yeah. all this. I think we all just need to 
work with each other and talk to each other differently, but it, it hurt, man. So it was oh, a tough sure. industry to skate in yeah. at this age, you know? Yeah, a couple things. Like one, like you said, like there is a, a piece of pride, right? Like there's, you can definitely be like prideful and proud of what, what it is that, that you're doing and doing for the industry. Like, you know, I had a really proud moment while we were here at this event. Some guy walked up to me, he's like, He's like, dude, it's because of you I got into this industry. Nah. I'm like, dude, I'm like, <laughs> I, you, I just almost felt high. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, dude, that, this is why I do it. Like, that is it. Like, not him just coming up to me, but like seeing the impact of changing the life, yes. right? And then another thing, like you were saying, like people are hard on you. Dude, when I, so I started LinkedIn like three years ago mm -hmm. and that's when I really started going hard at it. Dude, there were so many like, get off LinkedIn. This is not for that. Like, dude, like just always, oh, it was like a year straight of just the stuff, right? And, and and like I got a lot of grammar because I'm not a grammar person. Okay. I don't I don't care if my wet, my words are spelled right. I don't care about like if my grammar's not proper. Okay. Luckily, I have Grammarly helping me a little bit now. But <laughs> but uh, even then, I still don't care. I still make quick posts and yeah. boom, boom boom. You know, because like in my mind, getting the thought out there, getting the idea and the impression of whatever the thing is, it's not worth taking it to edit, yeah. right? It's not losing that because because oh no, it has to be edited. It has to be perfect, right? There's a lot of people who could put out a lot of valuable content and they don't because they're they're worried about it being perfect, right? Yeah. But yeah, so you get a lot of backlash, especially when you start, because people are intimidated, right? You have some really kind people and we've like surrounded ourselves with uh, those individuals who are creators in the space. Yeah. You seem like you're definitely gonna be there. Um, <laughs> Trying. Because <laughs> like, you know, being kind is like, it's the win, right? Yeah. And, and there's people out here that are just kind individuals and they'll work with you, you become like a community. And then you have the other individuals that are maybe scared. Maybe they're worried that you're gonna disrupt their company or disrupt their name. Because there's some people that have built very big careers based on uh, traditional marketing, traditional ro roads and avenues to, to become successful. Which is usually non-digital. Which is non-digital, <laughs> exactly. It's like their newses, newsletters, newspapers, you yeah. know, things that are, uh, things we don't use now and are also not near as powerful as like social media is these days. Yeah. So I like that, man. Thanks for sharing that with me. That, that's rough. I didn't have any bad LinkedIn experience, thankfully, but I can only think of how just like shoulder dropping that would be to, yeah. to get comments or DMs like that. That yeah. just sounds rough. And LinkedIn was a lot rougher a couple of years ago because it was that professional platform. Like if you if you post, posted a beach picture, canceled. You know what I mean? People try to cancel you for that stuff. LinkedIn was super strict at one point. Like over the past three years, it's so much more laxed. Like, it's just wild how much it's changed. I feel like it's because people are finally realizing that like, look, your professional life can be this, your personal life can be this, but there's some times where that stuff meshes. Yeah. And it's okay for you to share this photo of you doing something that's not you in your work uniform yeah. and still share a message that people can react or uh, relate. relate to. Yeah, for sure. And a work setting, you know? Sure. Like, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, hey, uh, I don't know, if, do you know Haley from IQ Manufacturing? Yeah. Um, she does a lot of that, and I love that. Yeah. I was like, sure. this is awesome. This is what we need more of, is showing people that, look, your job's your job's and your life's your life, but yeah. they do this sometimes, and it's okay yeah. to share those experiences. Yeah, I'm a normal person outside of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I always related to people freak out, like when you were in school and you saw your teacher outside of the classroom, and you're like, oh, you're, you exist outside. Yeah. Like, you're not just in that room. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I, I'd like to go ahead and dive back in a little huh? bit more into like kind of your career Sorry for path. The side track. Oh yeah, it was a good, it's a good. That's where the value comes from, really. Uh, so like, okay, we kind of went through. You went from uh, Titan, mm -hmm. CNC. 
how did that transition work like with where you're at in your career now and so uh there wasn't a lot of transition so i was a cnc machinist programmer setup guy right yeah um i we did dusons fanic robo drills um so there was no direct transition to what i'm doing now which is application engineering right i'm i'm using all this technology here to design a system to hopefully help the uh, sales engineer sales of the customer to make our washers dryers cell phones whatever right. um so it was literally diving into something else there was no there was no crossover for me uh, and that's something that i've liked though that that experience of starting here and i don't know i'm the kind of guy where if i see that the learning curves like this i'm like oh yeah yeah this is gonna be fun yeah um but i mean i'm still technically minded you know i still have that mindset of manufacturing um there's been some machine tending applications that'll come into work and I'm the go-to guy for yeah. it now because yeah. I ran the, we had some robot or some robot arms at tie-ins that I did some videos on teaching people how to program points and do lights out manufacturing. Nice. So I have that experience. Yeah. Um, but it's been relatively new, man. I just knew, I just knew the next step I wanted to make was in the automation space because I believe that there's still huge growth for our industry in the future. Oh, absolutely. And I knew nothing about it and I couldn't have that. I wanted to get into it. Nice, nice. So as far as um, as far as kind of the future of things, mm -hmm. kind of where you're seeing yourself go, uh, you mentioned some stuff about launching on YouTube and launching uh, what was it on TikTok? Instagram? TikTok, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and those are the platforms you have to really believe in what you're going to be posting on. So me, I'm not a big Instagram or Facebook person, so I know I don't want to do content for that. Yeah. But YouTube and Instagram, YouTube will always be around. I don't see it going away. I go there all the time to learn new things. Yeah. And when it comes to TikTok, I believe if we do get a new social media platform, you'll hear about it first from TikTok. So that's yeah. why I'm going there because I know that's also the future. And then, and there's been some people who are like, oh, well, they're stealing information. And my, my yeah. thing is, you know what? My stuff's already probably out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do my thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna be a career centric uh, platform. So I'm gonna be sharing with my generation the younger generations and even people that may just be out in the industry trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, tips and tricks that I use when I got started here. Um, I'm also going to do a lot of community engagement, hopefully, where I will be reacting in real time to comments on videos. Like I was telling you, if uh, I want to do this series where you're looking for a job. You're in the Dallas, Texas area. You tell me the position you're looking for. I reach out to the company that you're either looking at or maybe possibly one you didn't see. And I work with them to fly out, film the interview, and do a review on that. And you can literally apply to it the next day. It's out there. It's real. Yeah. And I don't know. I think people need help not getting filtered through sure. those long paragraphs you have to read when you're looking for a job. Yeah. People get filtered. And I don't think, I think they could have been a great fit, but there was just no engagement yeah. from company posting to person. Yeah, so I want to try to bridge that gap. Yeah, and there's gonna be like a lot of fears. Like there's a lot of a lot of things to say. You know, don't apply if you don't have a four-year degree, right? You <laughs> <laughs> know, that, that's that's another big topic for me. Is I was put down in high school because I wasn't going to the community college everybody else was going to, and they literally wrote me off. Like I wasn't going to college, so I wasn't worth anything. Right. And and I'm not against college at all. I went back to start getting my degree in mechatronics. What I'm against is making people feel like they don't have a choice and that if you don't do this, yeah. you'll never be this. Yeah. That's what I don't like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's like people I've worked with in my career that have had, you know, no college, mm -hmm. 20 years of experience and are, are better robot programmers than 
than half the people out here yep. who have like doctorate degrees and whatnot, <laughs> you know? Um, and college, in my mind, doesn't teach as well as, as the tools that we have today. You have YouTubes, you have, you know, like the Titan CNC yeah. uh, platform. Like, there's so many learning education platforms that are so niched down to exactly what you need to learn that a, a lot of college stuff has just so much fluff that is not as valuable. I don't, I don't know if we have time for this, but if we don't, tell me. But I just want sure. to throw this out to you. Have you, do you see a way that Americans are doing our apprenticeship programs wrong when it comes to bringing in young kids and stuff into our workplaces? Because when I think American apprenticeship program, I think of people that bring a kid in to sweep the floor for two years, dump garbage and do all this and say, oh, he's in an industry setting, so he's learning a lot, he or right. she. And then yeah. um, I've been talking to a lot of companies that are out here now uh, that work with German apprenticeships, like the format. Yeah. And they see a huge difference because German apprenticeships, you're you're programming that. You're, yeah. Or if you want to be a maintenance guy, you're doing maintenance on that. And yeah. you're not waiting the year or two. Yeah. I don't know if we have time for that, but I just want to throw that out there to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's super, super critical. It's actually like, so like with Elite Automation, like one of our objectives is to be one of the largest companies in the world. And the reason for that is like to do more powerful things. It's, you know, I think that there needs to be a... a, a, a a gap bridged in like the education and workspace. So I think even apprenticeship, the name of that's gonna change. Oh, I think you said I think you said like you said, like there's a complete difference between <laughs> sweeping the floor and programming the machine, right? Hundred percent difference. Uh, you know, it's not um, it's not a value add to the to the apprentice, right? Yeah. And there's individuals that are willing to accept ten dollars an hour or less to actually program the machine, right? If that's what they're gonna come into the job and do. Yeah. So uh, a good example is this one guy had the option to work for Toyota mm -hmm. and go through their Toyota program or come work for the systems integrator uh, company that I had came from. Nice. And he chose a $10 pay cut nice. to come work there because he knew he was gonna get hands-on. He's gonna be programming the robots directly, uh, programming the robot from the ground floor with no code in it at all, all the way up to an operational Sweet. unit. and. That value is so huge. I actually got paid, on average, five dollars an hour less than I could have paid been paid if I just went to another company. Huh. And I did that because I knew where I was at, I was gaining so much more experience. I knew I couldn't go to another company and 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 have the freedom that I had. I was going from PLC to robot to HMI to Vision, like doing project management. So I was having all these things under me, and I was at that point within like three years of my career. You know, and so a lot of times people don't see that until year five or seven and and maximizing that knowledge. And in, they'll in a still time be frame. at entry level, too. That's the thing. Like, it's not even that after five or seven years, you're good. You're moving up that yeah. ladder like you're you're still here. Yeah. And it's just because of that company's fear, I think, of, oh, they could break this or they could do this or we don't have the time to train. I hate hearing we don't have the time to train. Let yeah. that person follow a tech lead and then have the tech lead tell the guy, hey, grab me this, hey, grab me this. It may be not the progression that you want to see on the job, yeah. but it's still moving. It's yeah. not like it's dead in the water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, I think back in the day, you've seen a lot of that, like on the construction side of things. Hey, go grab my mm -hmm. hammer, go grab my pliers, go grab the wrench. I learned you know? a lot from when I did do that stuff with my pops. Um, you just learn what the tools are, or you learn yeah. the right tool for the job because he's asking for it. So yeah. it's not like it's invaluable. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and you hear that you hear like terminology in the real world. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? I'm teaching a user frame. I'm zeroing the machine. Like, you know what I mean? So like, oh, what's that? You know? 
uh, and like you mentioned it too, like back when you were in school, you started asking questions. Mm -hmm. That was a huge, huge thing. So like all those things definitely create a huge value in, in somebody's growth and education. Nice. Yeah, I just want to touch on that. That's something I've been interested about lately because I'm doing a interview with a, a school at the student summit on Friday. Nice. They have their students actually graduating like at the show. That's awesome. And it's through, they were one of the schools or one of the businesses that did the German apprenticeship thing. Really? Uh, nice. So I've been learning more about it now and I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, that is awesome. Nice. That is awesome. Yeah, so like one of the things I was kind of saying is uh, as a company, like I want to get us embedded into the school systems more. It'll probably start by doing like kind of like Toyota programs, but then at some point I want us to have like full blown schools. Yeah. Kind of like the way like the Titan CNC is, like they should convert to being more like legalized colleges. Like how can they become a college? I think dedicated tech centers are the future for companies. Either them building their own, or let's say that I'm, let's say I'm Fanic and you have this designated tech center and I go to you for teaching my employees or our apprentices, yeah. our kids, whatever. Um, nobody has that around. You yeah. may have machines in your business, but not a lot of people have dedicated yeah. tech centers and that are open source too. So it's not just that you only do FANUC. Yeah. You do FANUC, ABB, KUKA, Universal, whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So it's pretty sweet. It's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also too, like, the, like you said, like where it has all the different brands there, mm -hmm. the issue is there's only a few companies that can do that. Systems integrators is one of mm -hmm. them. Fanuc's never gonna teach you scour programming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is funny. I uh, I think it was Sean Tierney I was talking to. He has a lot of like, uh, he, he runs the, the a PLC education channel. Okay. okay. And one thing we were talking about is like, uh, he, he did primarily Alan Bradley for years. Just Alan right. Bradley education. Well now he started getting some Siemens stuff on and doing some other brands and he's like, kind of said something along the lines of like, I don't want to upset them, like my, the other brands and whatnot. And, you know, one, one discussion that we had is like, if I was Siemens, if I was Alan Bradley, I would purchase your channel. I would pay you double what you're already making, <laughs> purchase what you're doing. And if I was Alan Bradley, I would still let you teach Siemens. You're like, what? Like, why would you do that? But the thing is, is because you're going to create a channel of people coming into your platform, right? And, and if you have your branding as your Alan Bradley, even though you're teaching like a Siemens platform, uh -huh. um, I still think that channel, the education channel is more yeah. powerful than worrying about destroying your own reputation and your brand. And on top of that, you're in control of the words that are being said. So like, if you wanna say, hey, like do the Siemens videos, but don't don't hype them up too much, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> but whenever you do an Alan Bradley, wouldn't hype them sure. up. Uh, I got one last question. So what do you, what do you uh, what do you kind of see like kind of a career future? You talked a little bit about what you're doing on the creative side. Do you have any idea of my, my, I can't, I won't say a certain thing. My dream, if I had a magic wand, my dream career would be to have my own team and we are traveling the world for whatever company we work for. And we are implementing educational strategies on whether it's our company's products or our company services. I want to travel with a team and produce digital content. I want to work with customers. I want to work with people. I need to be on, I want to be on that front line. And I want to have a team that I can lead to just doing something that the industry's never seen before. That As long as I'm on a path where I see myself doing something that has never been done, I know I'm going to be happy. So that's, that's my future for me, is that's looking awesome. for that next edge and eventually becoming hopefully a leader for our industry. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. That's a great goal. <laughs> Okay, so if there was one thing that you could give the people coming, either coming into the industry, maybe we'll do it do two part, right? right? 
people coming into the industry, how can they position themselves? And also like maybe somebody who's already in the industry, maybe making a shift or, or trying to grow in, in their career. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the technical, I don't have the technical, I don't know what to, what to call it. Um, basically this is the advice I would give, I guess on a mental health standpoint is when I was looking to make a change, cause I've moved from California to Michigan. <laughs> left all my family back there. Even when I moved to Texas, I knew zero people when I moved to Michigan. And the reason I, I did that is because I knew that people would understand that if you want to make a change in your career, if you want to make a change in your life, and if you're ready to take that step, you need to do it. And I know, I know up here it's freaky. And I know that that voice that you have is telling you, don't do this because of this person. Don't do this because this may happen. And it's gonna be hard to, for you to realize this when I say it, but if you get past that, it will pay off. Nothing that I've done in my experience for the past three or four years of my, my professional career has made me regret it. But I have spent a lot of times in that space where you're just in your head. And I just want you to know, you don't have to stay there. If you're ready to make a change, you can go out and get after it. And so that's that's all I got to say on that. It's awesome, man. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it having you. Yes, thanks, man. I think, uh, this is episode one, right? Episode one. Episode one. Let's Jacob go. Sanchez, Malachi, <laughs> we're here. IMTS 2022. Let's go. <laughs>